Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. Thanks for joining us for episode 10, guys. We've got a toolbox, no, sorry, not a toolbox episode. We've got a testimony episode for you. Uh, Normally, I like to put these out on Fridays, but I was in the Thanksgiving food coma yesterday and I was out of town, so um, we're going to bring it to you on Saturday instead. Sorry for the inconvenience if you count down the seconds till each episode is released. (laughs) Um, I've got Victor Genovese here today. Hey, boy. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Uh, I haven't known Victor for very long, right? When do you think we met Victor? I think it was probably the SLT retreat at Hidden Acres where we actually like uh, first met each other. Yeah, we started, we played some pool, got yeah. to hang out a little bit. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was sweet. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Victor is part of the DMAC crew, so Campus Fellowship. We have campus ministries with Drake University, um, Grandview University, and those are both in Des Moines. And then um, DMAC, Des Moines Area Community College, that their campus is over in Ankeny. So we got a bunch of our church guys living over in Ankeny, and Victor happens to be one of them. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Victor, well, let's just get right into it. Is that, that cool with you? Let's do it. Sweet. So um, I heard, I got to hear, Victor shared his testimony. We, we have testimonies at our midweek worship services. Uh, and there's always a testimony before the actual sermon, and Victor shared his testimony. And, oh, man, dude, it just blew me away. It was it was really, really powerful. Um, so could you just give us a little taste of that? Like, like, how did God save you? Like, how did God work in your life in that way? Just, like, yeah, just share about it if that's okay. Yeah, definitely I'll do that. Um, so I guess it all started when I was a wee little boy. Um <laughs> Uh, I was <laughs> a wee little lad. Um, I was born, I think, either in Boone or Ames, and then like kindergarten and first grade went to a Ames Christian School down by Jack Trice Stadium. I've been there for a while, and then uh, second grade switched over to Nevada. Third grade through se- through senior year of high school, I went to a school called Collins Maxwell. Uh, during that time, I guess around uh, kindergarten and first grade. Um, I was living as quote unquote the perfect life as every kid would uh, imagine living. Um, but uh, as <laughs> my imagination went, it got slapped in the face by reality with my parents uh, being forced to separate. My father ended up getting deported at around uh, February 2009, and my mother around the same time got diagnosed with cervical cancer for the first time and hearing that those two things hit me pretty hard especially with my mom i'm a i'm a bit of a mama's boy (laughs) um so that hit me hard well each one of those things is like so tough and then together like so close yeah especially with like knowing that you are the man the man of the house you have to take on the father role as well as the big brother role as well which put on a lot of stress through like almost uh, I guess 18 17 18 years of my life that's all I've known like school uh, then like whatever extracurricular activities I had home I would either clean cook 
I barely had time to do homework, and if I do, I would usually try to do it at school. <laughs> so there's that. Just um, a lot of responsibility. Yeah. For a young kid, yeah. Yeah, a lot of arguments with my mom and my siblings and I to actually have me get stuff done around the house, too, which um, also stressed me out a lot. <laughs> so fast forward to, I guess, middle school and kind of high school, I was uh, introduced to uh, sports, which uh, made me very, very prideful and very, very competitive, especially in basketball. Basketball was probably my most competitive sport I ever played <laughs> in my entire life. And I was like a really, really, uh, I was the type of kid that would get super, super angry at people whenever they like say a sarcastic joke at me or if they like just um, annoy me or even find some way to irritate me I would get real mad at that person real quick so in my life I dealt with a lot of stress anger and uh, I think that's majority of that um, then yeah I was later on introduced to uh, pornography which was a real hold on my life, if that makes sense. Um, and then I w was chasing after girls a lot in high school. It was, it was, high school was <laughs> my probably my most worst uh, terrible life. I can't English, right? <laughs> um, but it was it wasn't good for me. Um, my junior year, uh, the summer of my junior year, um, was where everything started to change downhill really fast. My mother at the time, and I didn't even know it, uh, was diagnosed with cancer again, but this time it came back with a strong vengeance. And it happened to be at the third stage, which is pretty much really dangerous for someone that has cancer overall um, my mother at the time I was my world like I looked up to her and she was pretty much my the I guess you can say a cheat sheet <laughs> to life mm -hmm. and on May 28th 2018 uh, my mother had passed away from stage three cervical cancer and honestly like it blew my mind away not only that but it brought a huge emptiness in my heart where uh, I didn't know what to do and I literally went so at the time I was living with a, a childhood friend of mine and we went to the hospice building that my mom was put at. Um, the doctor pulled me aside uh, and she said, Victor, I'm sorry to say this, but your mom has passed away. As soon as she said those words, I just broke down crying. And like, no one, like part of me like was in denial that like, n you can't joke about this. And like, 
I literally got into the nurse's face and said, "You better not be lying to me, otherwise I will I will hurt you." Mm. That's that's how bad I was of a kid yeah, back that's then. Tough. That's tough. Yeah, and she was like, "I'm not lying. Your mother won't gonna go uh, see her." And I was like, "Take me there now, please." And I was still in denial, but um, as soon as I walked into my mother's room, I saw her. I just broke down even more. All I saw was just an empty body with nothing inside it. And I cried for at least, I think, two the two and a half hours in that room. And I made a promise to her that I would graduate high school and college. Um, and later that day, I was just filled with this weird emptiness inside of me and mainly questioning like what's going on here why why am I feeling like this and I'll, I had a lot of people come up to me and say I'm sorry for your loss especially with my uh, childhood friend's mother uh, his mother and my mother went go way back in school and as soon as she saw me yeah, she just broke down crying and gave me a hug for like 30 minutes it was it was really tough um, then um, heading on to senior year I ended up graduating uh, thankfully <laughs> uh, especially with all that happening but I was put in uh, foster in with these uh, Christian parents who happened to be my a third grade teacher and I at the time I didn't know she was a Christian and so her and her husband are the, my foster parents now mm -hmm. and honestly I think after my mom died was when God really started to like sew everything together and come to him and for me to go to him and he used my foster parents. He used the church that they took me to. Uh, he used <laughs> DMAC, CF, to really uh, have me go to him. And then fall conference was the best decision I've ever made in my life. It was where I gave my life to Christ. Even though I had all these problems going on in my life I was still able to come through out of it by going to Christ giving my life up to him recognizing that he is my father he is my king and he is in control of everything that he does he works in like very unorthodoxic ways but a hundred percent of the time they work splendid splendidly I think that's a word right <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much my life the synopsis of what happened yeah and, and so wow that's amazing that's that's like so God was moving like all those pieces together and you know about like specifically like the foster parents that you went to live with like being Christians and, and their church and you like you started going to DMAC like like that year like after you graduated high school yeah, like around July, August, I started to move into like DMAC and stuff. And mm -hmm. So you were hearing God's word, you were hearing the gospel, 
Yeah, at like the time. Again yeah. And again. yeah, and as a young kid, like I didn't understand it. I mean, I knew that I knew about Moses. I knew about how Adam and Eve were created and all that. But I had I never really had anyone go into detail of why those stories are there and why they're so important. And my senior year, when I first went to church, uh, after like I don't know, fifteen, fourteen years, uh, I had someone, or I had the pastor, kind of really go into detail onto why they're important and I was like oh that makes sense but I don't care <laughs> mm. and going into DMAC I was originally gonna go with the uh, Ankeny Salt Company at the time and but I had my boy <laughs> brother Brian <laughs> and a few other DMACers like Jesse Marcus Chase and Ryan Epp, I miss Ryan Epp, I love that guy. <laughs> um, I had them come up to me and say, hey, you wanna play some basketball? I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> and I kid you not, uh, basketball, again, it was my very, uh, was the biggest sport that I took a lot of passion in. And I was, as you say, <laughs> a sweaty tryhard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my brothers at Genesis could definitely uh, attest to that as well I was a really sweaty kid mm -hmm. and uh, yeah from there I just stuck with campus fellowship and now I'm here <laughs> well yeah, that's great um, it, it seems to me like somebody that's been in the same situation as you or similar situations like they would be pretty quick like to like turn away from God and be mad at God like instead of like embracing God right yeah so you know like obviously it was like God's grace like like working on your heart and like drawing you in and bringing all those circumstances together but like was there anything about the gospel that really like resonated with you or like gave you like hope to cling on to Romans 8 1 through 3 that is the verse those are the verses that really pushed me to the edge of like me saying I need God <laughs> like I, I can't live like this anymore and I don't remember the whole three verses but I do remember the first one therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh basically meaning that whatever you've done in the past despite of how bad of a kid you are and like what dumb decisions you've done you did um, God is going to still accept you for who you are like there's nothing that's ever going to make him change his mind and say, eh, I don't want you anymore. He's always welcome. He's always welcoming everyone with open arms. He's super patient, way more patient than me, than everyone else in this world. He's way more forgiving, more merciful, more gracious towards us. We don't deserve that. We truly don't. But 
we were created in his own image and he loves us way too much for us to be left behind he's that type of parent that really really loves you and cares about you mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I've, I've banked on that promise so many times to the Romans 8 1 there's mm-hmm. there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus like if, if we're one with Jesus right God makes us one with Jesus and he sees us the way that he sees Jesus like God's never angry at us right he's, he's never mad like like the hammer is never gonna like drop and all of a sudden like we're gonna meet God's wrath like there's there's no chance of that it's mm-hmm. it's all love and even the tough stuff is like done out of love right like <laughs> literally it is done out of out of love it's it's always such a good reminder that like you're accepted into God's kingdom no matter who you are Mm -hmm. it's such a good truth to one remind yourself two to tell other people and three it's the truth it's the gospel Mm -hmm. yep and that idea of being adopted into God's family like (laughs) I I just love that idea too like he made us both his sons and so like here on this podcast you have two brothers that get to sit here talking about the gospel like that's amazing (laughs) yeah it's it's so cool to like talk about the gospel in general like it especially in bible studies or like um i guess thursday night midweek or even at church or even outside of church anywhere it's so good to talk about the gospel because the gospel is the way the truth and the life I think I said that right. Yep. yep. <laughs> Good. I hope I didn't spread it. Yeah, you hear that, kids? The gospel is cool. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Better than college, I'll say that much. <laughs> well, um, so, yeah, you were kind of alluding, like, back to, like, you know, the the person that you were before. But, like, like you're sitting here and, like, I've gotten to know you're not, like, an angry guy. You're not, like, a mean guy. Like, how is God, like changed you like over the process or or, like sanctified you I guess that's a good question um how has he sanctified me um I guess it'll probably have to be that the way my foster parents reflected the amount of forgiveness and that Christ showed for us because yeah again I used to be a very very angry person very mean person but my foster parents especially my foster dad he used to be a pastor retired and now is a deacon at the church that he goes to and I thought he was a a really mean, really stern-looking dude. This mean, old, stereotypical old man (laughs) that's like, oh, get off my lawn, you dirty rock. Is he going to listen to this? (laughs) (laughs) You better say something good about him. (laughs) No, I'll get to that. Um, But as as I was living with them, with my siblings, he showed me what true forgiveness is. And, like, yeah, it's good to be, like, I guess, angry or, like, upset at something. But 
um, where am I going with this? <laughs> like righteous, righteous like, anger. Yeah, there's a there's a certain limit on where people can uh, be angry at. Like righteous anger. Um, he showed me the difference between unrighteous and righteous anger. He didn't even come up to me. He just showed me. Actions speak louder more than words, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's what I did. Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> And from there, I was like, yeah, the, me being angry at other people, it's, it's not good. I should probably stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And throughout my senior year, I changed the way I behaved around people. I started hanging out with people that had more of a positive vibe, more than people who would downgrade everybody and like make like very derogatory jokes and very disgusting remarks to other people. And yeah, through my senior year, I started to like really suppress my anger <laughs> and be more uh, calmer, more uh, attentive to listen to other people if they n- really need to talk to me about mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, again, I didn't know at the time that God was really working in my life. And one of the verses that I had one of the demon guys share with me was where Jesus in the book of Matthew says if you have anger towards another person you've already killed them in your heart like when that hit when that was said to me I was like oh I'm pretty much a serial killer conviction (laughs) conviction yeah and I was like crap I wow I was mind blown by um, what Jesus has said and this was like a few months in before I was saved at DMAC too which really helped out a lot I mean I still today I still struggle with like keeping my composure trying to be calm with like other people if they like say some sarcastic remark or something I do try I do struggle with like not being bitter at those people mm-hmm. but um, I know that God is able to take away those feelings and replace it with his love if that makes yeah, sense no, 100% 100% well thanks for talking about your testimony it's so encouraging and good to hear do you, do you have any like uh, like other encouragement for listeners a lot of them are college age um, a lot of them know us. Mm-hmm. A lot of them know that it's it's tough to follow Jesus sometimes. <laughs> Do you have any encouragement for them? Yeah. Um, in the book of Colossians, it, said, it specifically says in one of the verses, forgive as Christ forgave you. And if you, if any one of you guys um, have any sort of bitterness especially to like new believers that are just touching the surface on their faith on who God is if you have any bitterness any anger any grudges that you have against another person I highly encourage you to one talk to God about it talk talk to him he's (laughs) 
he's there for you every step of the way and he's super patient with you and very forgiving and if you just talk to him he's just going to replace that feeling of guilt and shame with love and I've seen and I've I pretty much know that like maybe some people have experiences that if you continue to like be angry at other people you're going to continuously murder them in your heart and you're going to continually walk down this dark path where it's just going to lead you just to eternal death if you go to God and repent of any anger and basically repent of <laughs> you murdering these people not physically <laughs> but like metaphorically you're going to be welcomed to the kingdom of God with open arms knowing that he forgives you for what you've done and in the end of every sing every single situation there is grace 100% there's going to be grace found in every situation yep God's forgiveness is radical that's for sure it is <laughs> well Victor thanks for joining me buddy I really appreciate it thank you for having me so great but yeah guys uh, thanks for joining Victor and I for episode 10 don't forget that we have a giveaway going on and the giveaway is tied to the fact that toolboxandtestimony.com I'm now putting together curated content on a weekly basis so finding articles, resources, different things that I feel like can help us to better follow Jesus and to stir our hearts up for Jesus, putting them into a post once a week and sending them out. So if you go to toolboxandtestimony.com and you sign up with your email address to receive that curated content, you will be entered into a chance to win a copy of Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And that's giveaway that that opportunity ends on monday on monday i will be picking a, a random person that's signed up for that curated content and so don't forget about that go to toolboxandtestimony.com and sign up and until next time i hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier